Today I'm going to be talking about the attack on the Crimea Bridge, Mike Pence, the Ukraine-Russian war in general, and an update concerning the disappearing wildlife I'm noticing, and I'm wondering if you notice it too. I'm going to talk about that and more on today's Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And Bob Bierman will be back tomorrow with another great edition of Truth to Ponder. Well, it seems I have an awful lot to talk about today, and I hope I can get to all the subjects I want to cover. But I want to start off with the wildlife, because I think once I start talking about all of the political turmoil that's happening worldwide, I doubt if I make it back to the animals. So, And so I think I better start with the disappearing birds and animals that I'm still noticing. Now, this is just my opinion, but I think it's a very good possibility that that's the real crisis and not the wars, and not the inflation, not the economy, not all of the things that we are being forced to look at. Because I think I'm the only one that's talking about the disappearing birds, insects, and animals. And it's definitely happening. And I think that there's a mass genocide happening of all of God's creation. I've had several shows that I've focused on my observations, and so this is just kind of a quick update But while we're watching the political world fall apart and we have the pedophiles marching in the street naked chanting that they're coming for our children in all sorts of just chaotic mental illness going on everywhere I think the real big story here is that the earth is being depopulated Now I know that recently just a couple of days ago that illegitimate Vice President Kamala Harris, who I think is probably one of the least qualified people we've ever had in that high of an office, in a speech, she bluntly stated that population reduction would give your children cleaner air to breathe and cleaner water to drink. And I think she was talking to a group of elitists And I think she was telling the elitists that their children would have cleaner water and cleaner air if we depopulated the useless eaters. You know, people like me, Bible-believing Christians, and anyone that the deep state deems as undesirable. I assume that that is her depopulation. But they're not even hiding it anymore. And several years back, Bill Gates came out and said that One of his goals of the vaccines was to reduce the population by 10 to 15 percent. And so we can never forget that that's the kind of people we're dealing with. But I think it even goes beyond that. I think it's every creature that God created. I think these scientists are playing God, and I think they want to fill the earth with their creations. I really think that's a goal of theirs. Now, here's some observations. Now, granted, I don't spend all day every day looking for these animals, birds, and insects. But you also have to understand that I'm outside many hours every day. And none of my tractors has a cab. And so I'm out in the open air. And I have older machinery that everything goes slow. 
and so I'm going all day long at two and a half to three miles an hour. And I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and so I'm really in the realm of where the animals and birds are. That's where they live. One thing that plagues people that harvest hay is bumblebees. Until recently, every summer I'd run over dozens of bumblebee nests, and you just hope that you can get out of there fast enough before the bumblebees actually find that there's someone sitting on the tractor. Usually the motion of the wheels attracts them. And so if you just hang on to the steering wheel and just look straight and keep going, eventually you'll drive out of them. Well, this year I've been haying all summer, and I've only seen one bumblebee. Just one. Now, usually by this time of the year, since I'm mowing a lot of wild hay and a lot of plants that have flowers on them, I'm in bumblebees all day, every day. Not necessarily in bumblebee nests, but bumblebees that are out gathering nectar out of the flowers. But I've only seen one all year. Another insect that people think is undesirable is a wasp called a mud dauber. And mud daubers get their name because they build their brood nests out of mud. And they pack that mud real tight. And then they gather spiders. They sting the spiders. They don't kill the spiders, but they, they poison them and basically turn them into zombies. And they pack them into their brood chamber and then they lay their eggs. And then when the eggs hatch, they have a ready-made fresh meal right there with all the spiders that have been immobilized. And every year, mud daubers get into everything. They like to find every crack and every crevice. If you have anything electronic that's outside that maybe has an air vent that has a little hole, they'll get in and build their nests and they'll hang their nest and they'll start building the mud around the wires of your electronics. And so if you have old farm machinery that isn't quite protected, like where your gauges are, the wires that come off of your amp gauge and your oil gauge and so forth. It seems like every year you run into dozens of mud dauber nests in places that you really don't want them. Well, this is three years now since I've seen a mud dauber, and I look for those. I have to water cattle about three hours a day, and I have to stand there right at the tank and make sure they don't tip the tank over and make sure that they don't hook the hose with their horn, and drag the hose halfway across the corral. And then when I tie the hose down, I have to make sure that they don't rip the hose in two when they catch it with their horns, and I'd rather have them drag it out to the middle of the corral than rip it in half. But that makes me stay right there with the water tanks. And usually I'm standing in hundreds of mud daubers, because every bit of mud that they find they start rolling it up into a ball, and then they fly off with it. And then every few trips, they'll land on the side of the tank, and if there's condensation, they'll drink there, and if there's not, they'll land on the inside of the tank, and they'll walk down and get a quick drink before they go get some more mud. And I've always been fascinated watching the mud daubers at work, because they're very industrious. Now, I haven't seen one in three years nor have I seen any of their nests. Now, I don't miss their nests because they're a nuisance, but I miss the mud daubers. And they definitely have been affected by the chemtrails or whatever these globalists are doing to cause mass die-offs. 
is definitely affecting the mud daubers and also the bumblebees. Now I had a report on June bugs and they saw the same thing I saw, very few June bugs, which is also a good thing because June bugs are, are the adult of a cutworm and the cutworms get in there and wreak havoc on your crops. That's why in farm country there are multitudes of June bugs. There have been years that you can't turn on your porch light because you'll have thousands of June bugs all over your porch. And there's been many a time when the screens are all up and very few of the old farmhouses have air conditioning. And so you have to turn your lights off at night because when you turned on the lights, all you would hear is a pinging of June bugs off your screen. And it's very constant. Well, the last several years, I've seen very few June bugs. And I got a report from a listener that said that they didn't see any June bugs either. But I am seeing fireflies, and the listener commented that he's seeing fireflies as well. And so the fireflies are back. The wasps and mud daubers are not, and the June bugs are not. Now, usually we're plagued with millers, and this year was probably the worst miller year in the last four or five years, but it still wasn't what it used to be. Again, I'm talking billions, if not trillions, of millers that just plague farm country, but not recently. And so there's definitely something happening that's causing a mass extinction. Now, I don't think I'm ever going to see mud daubers here again. After three years and not seeing one, and I'm out every day for three to four hours watering my cows right there at the tank where I've spent countless hours watching mud daubers at work rolling their mud balls. I don't see them at all anymore. And while I have a report of some chickens that have been killed by hawks, I've noticed in my area, I have not seen one hawk all summer. Now, hawks are very territorial, and every year for for as long as I've been alive, out here on the ranch, our old grove of trees has always raised two families of hawks, two families of owls, and one family of wood ducks for over 50 years. I've watched the parents fly in and out of those trees. Well, the wood ducks left about three years ago, and they're gone. I don't know what happened, but they're just gone. And this year, no hawks. Went from two families every year guaranteed to no hawks whatsoever. And so I started scanning the skies, and I harvest hay in about a 25-mile radius. And so I get to see lots of different territories where hawks would claim the right to that territory. I have not seen one hawk anywhere in central Nebraska this summer. Not one. Another thing that was very plentiful here were screech owls. You'd hear screech owls every night. And you'd have to get used to them or else they'd keep you up all night because... Along the river, there's lots of old-growth trees, and the screech owls would screech all night. And I do believe screech owls are burrowing owls, and so I think they stay down at ground level quite a bit. 
but I have not heard one screech owl for two years. So don't tell me something isn't up, because it is. Now the owls still have the owls. But the sparrows are gone. I've only seen two sparrows all summer. And anyone that has spent any time in central Nebraska knows that sparrows are just everywhere. Millions, if not trillions, of sparrows everywhere. Not anymore. They're gone. And that goes the same with grackles. This is where grackles normally nest. I haven't seen a grackle in two years. And then to top off all the strange, for about a week every year, we have a few pelicans come through here as they migrate. Well, we have a pelican that's summering here. I've never seen a pelican stay here. It's not hurt. It looks like it can fly just fine. I would imagine it's confused. And I doubt if there's enough fish and frogs and things for that pelican to survive. But that really shocked me when I saw the pelican just about a week ago. I've heard of woodpeckers pecking on siding that was metal. And that's understandable because the woodpecker can somehow smell, sense, or hear an insect that might be inside the wood in your house that you covered with the metal. But I had a woodpecker crawl up on one of my tractor loaders. And the metal on this minimally is a quarter inch thick. It's probably closer to a third of an inch thick. And that woodpecker would not give up. And he was hammering his beak against that steel. And it made quite a sound. And I wondered, how, I wondered if it was just going to destroy this bird's beak. But it didn't give up. It stayed out there for about 30 minutes trying to peck a hole in iron. And woodpeckers may not be the smartest bird, but they're smarter than that. So something is definitely up. Something is changing our wildlife, and birds, and insects. And speaking of another strange, there's never been any woodchucks in this part of Nebraska. I was born and raised here, spent my whole life generally right here. There was several years I moved away, but for the most part, this is my home area, and I know it very well. And also, out in the fields, like I say, I'm out in the open air, I see everything. Well, two years ago, I started seeing woodchucks. I didn't know what they were. At first, I had to go online and try to find out what I saw, because I was mowing the field, and luckily I didn't mow it up, but it went running out onto the grass that I'd mowed, and it stopped and looked at me, and I got a good look at it. And it's a woodchuck. And I've since seen several more. And then several people I've talked to say that they have families of woodchucks that moved in in their area too. And I don't know why woodchucks would move into this area. I really don't. But they have moved into this area. So there's definitely some very strange things happening. And I think that that's the real catastrophe. I think that's what we're missing. And I think these wildfires up in Canada, you can't tell me that there's not people starting that many fires. There's more fires than they've ever had by quadruple. And again, that's a mass extinction event. I really do think that the globalists, the Satanists, 
I really do believe that they want to depopulate the world of everything, of everything that they decide to target, to depopulate. Well, I'm going to change gears, and since I mentioned satanic people, have you seen the interview with Tucker Carlson and Mike Pence? If you turn the sound down and just watch the facial expression of Mike Pence and look at him really close, if you can, zoom in on his face and look at his eyes. The man is either possessed or there's something wrong with him. He's almost robotic. And I never have liked Mike Pence, and I've grown to despise the man because of what he is and how he is. But if you turn the sound down on that interview and just watch his body language and his facial expression, the man is evil. You're looking at pure evil. Now turn the sound up and you'll hear Mike Pence talking about the United States not getting enough money and weapons to Ukraine. And Tucker Carlson interrupts him and says, well, look, our cities are falling apart and and our country's in a lot of trouble, and maybe we should keep that money here and do something here. And Tucker Carlson asked him, well, what about that? What about taking care of us, the Americans? And Mike Pence said, that's not my concern. And then several seconds later, he says again, that's not my concern. So it was not a slip of the tongue. When he said it was not his concern, he meant it. And so, the well-being of we the people of the United States is not Mike Pence's concern. Now, if he was a man of honor, which he's not, but if he was, he would apologize to the American people, and then he would withdraw from the race. He has no shot anyway. I don't think he could get more than two or three votes, probably him and maybe one other family member. I don't know of anyone else that would possibly vote for him. But when you look at the evil that that man is, and his lack of caring, when he said that it didn't concern him, look at his face. Look at his eyes. They're dead. And if it wasn't so creepy, it would be kind of funny, someone running for president and then self-destructing like that. But that's who the elites are choosing for candidates. Are people they can control? and people that really don't want to represent you or me or anybody that's an American. They would rather be involved in world politics, running the world. And so I think that Mike Pence needs to go away forever, get out of the public, and just go somewhere and enjoy his life and leave us alone. Because Mike Pence is none of my concern. I'm done with him. And that leads me to... Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump twice. And if it comes down a race between Donald Trump and any of these demonic people, I would vote for Donald Trump again. But that said, I've got to say, who do these politicians, including Donald Trump, who do they think they are? Honestly, who do they think they represent? And what is their job description? Donald Trump stated, that he could end the Ukraine-Russia war in 24 hours. He would tell Zelensky to negotiate or else, 
and he would tell Russia, accept the deal that Ukraine negotiates, or else, and the or else, as far as Russia is concerned, is that Trump said he would give Ukraine so much more arms and ammunition and money that he just absolutely just flood Ukraine with arms and ammunition. And honestly, who does he think he is? He's not president of Russia or Ukraine. It does not concern him. And basically, he would say, do it my way or else. That's just wrong. That's what's wrong with American politics. We're nothing but bullies, and we're supporting terrorists. Before we hated Saddam Hussein, we backed him. We backed the Arab Spring that saw lots of turmoil in the Arab world. We're the ones responsible for the death of Gaddafi. And right now, Russia is blaming the United States and also the United Kingdom for the attack on the Crimea Bridge. And if it's not official policy yet, it soon will be that the United States is going to be named as a terrorist nation by the government of Russia. You might say, well, what good is that? Russia can't do anything about it. Oh, yes, they can. Let's just hope they don't. But why is the United States and the rest of the Western world, why are they so hell-bent on starting a war? They want a war with Russia very, very bad. And it's my understanding that the biolabs that we had in Ukraine were there making all sorts of pathogens and viruses that would affect only people of Russian descent. And so there's lots of evil going on all throughout Ukraine. And I'm not saying Russia's perfect. I'm sure there's evil there, too. Probably more than we could possibly imagine. But Ukraine blows up Crimea Bridge. But Ukraine did a drone strike and damaged very badly the Crimea Bridge. And a lot of people in the West are saying, Yay, blow the bridge up. Well, there's actually two bridges. One is for the railroad, and the other one is for civilians. It seems to me, through my observation, that the Ukrainian army, through direction of who knows who, possibly the Pentagon, possibly NATO, I know they're not directing everything on their own. They're just not. But why did they target the civilian bridge? It seems that Ukraine is very good at shooting at and bombing and sending rockets towards civilians. And these cluster bombs that they're using eventually will kill Ukrainian civilians. But of course, it's in the breakaway republics, and so they really don't count as far as Ukraine is concerned. Now, the land counts because it's rich in resources, but it's the people on the land that Ukraine doesn't care about those Ukrainians, not a bit. They killed over 14,000 of them since 2014. And that's proof enough for me that Ukraine cares nothing for that part of their population. The railroad bridge is vital to Russia's military. They use the railroad to move all of their 
troops and ammunition and fighting vehicles, tanks, and so forth. And so why not go after the military target? Why not destroy the railroad bridge? They ended up hitting a car that had a family in it, and the 14-year-old girl was airlifted out and she survived. I don't know her condition. I imagine it's at least critical. But her parents are both dead. And so she had her parents taken away from her. And you have people in the West cheering. Yeah, we blew up the bridge. You blew up the civilian bridge. And you destroyed a family. And they're cheering for that. Now, to me, that's satanic. It's barbaric. It's unforgivable to kill innocent people and call that a victory. Now, if you blow up the railroad bridge and it stalls the Russian army or kills some of the Russian army or whatever, it's a war. But to actually target the civilians is horrid. And that's what Ukraine has done. And I'm not privy to everything that's said or done everywhere, but but I do have a gut hunch, and I usually follow that, but I do have a hunch that the United States was involved in the bombing of the Crimea Bridge, because as you watch the video, you hear jets, and the jets have been identified as surveillance jets belonging to the NATO group, and they were there just a minute or so before the explosion, and they were there during the explosion, then they left. And so they were there monitoring the explosion. They had to know that it was going to take place, to be there to monitor it. And so again, everything escalates. Everything gets worse. I don't know why we're putting up with it. We have absolute evil politicians, and I'm going to say moronic politicians, such as Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, that are at the forefront of our politics. Why? Why do we have people that are that evil and are that daft? Why do we have them? Why are they even there? I'm going to guarantee you, you can walk into any coffee shop anywhere in the United States. I don't care what neighborhood. And if there's a group of guys or ladies in there, that are over age 60 sitting around drinking coffee you can choose any one of those people and replace Mike Pence and Kamala Harris and almost all of our government for that matter and especially Joe Biden you could replace them with random people that just are in for a cup of coffee and you would get a better class of people and a smarter class of people with the people that are just coffee drinkers at the coffee shop than what we have in Washington, D.C., and what they're trying to offer us as an alternative and what they're trying to offer us as a future government of the United States. It's absolutely sickening. And with choices like that, we have no choice. But I'll never forget the look on Mike Pence's face and the matter-of-fact way he said that the welfare of the United States and its citizens did not concern him, but yet he's running for president. I would urge Mike Pence to go home, stay home. Always remember that Truth to Ponder is listener supported. 
So please visit the website, truth2ponder.com, go to the support tab, and follow instructions to how to donate to this ministry. Also, you can send a check or money order. You'd write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. You would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L, H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia. The zip code is 24319. And on the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. What shall separate us? Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Romans 8, it says, What shall separate us from the love of God? Shall famine, sword, tribulation? It goes through a whole, whole bunch of stuff here. And people preach it to say that, you see, God's going to keep his people from any of these things, from trouble, tribulation, famine. So, and believers are taught this and believe this. And then when they go through trouble and tribulation, their faith fails them. But it never says that. It doesn't say that at all. It never once says God's love is going to keep you from those things. What it says is, in fact, it says we're going to go through that. It doesn't say God's love will keep you from trouble. It says something better. It says that trouble or tribulation is not going to keep you or separate you from the love of God. It can't. It doesn't say God's going to keep us from hard times. It says that hard times cannot keep you and will not keep you from the love of God. It's not going to separate you from that. See, our faith isn't shallow. It's not pie in the sky. It's not candy coated. We got something real. The victory of our faith is not to escape this world. It's to overcome this world. It's not for you to escape it, it, for it's just trouble. It's for you to overcome trouble. It's not for you to escape tribulation. It's for you to overcome tribulation. So stop praying that you're never going to have problems or when you do that, the main thing is to get out of them. Stop living in fear of problems, you know, or to avoid them. That's not your faith. You got something more powerful than that. Say rather, Lord, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that. Don't let me run away from these things. Let me overcome these things. Let me take the faith I have because the love of God is greater than all these things and the world itself. Let me overcome and have the victory because my friend, you haven't come into the world so that that you could avoid the world, you came into the world so you could overcome it, the world. Want more? Ask for In the Wilderness on CD. Now, how'd you like to receive daily special teachings with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus and to give you victory for every day of your week and updates on Israel, world events and prophecy and the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD all free. How do you get these gifts free? Just remember the real name of Jesus, Yeshua, and you call it, you'd call it, that's it, that's it. So to get your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and reach millions of unreached peoples around the world the farthest way you can ever touch the world. Your life will make an impact. Through Shoei Radio, you can blanket the earth with salvation. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's Box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and it's 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, overcome the world, my friend. Friend, peace be to you in Messiah Adonolam, the Lord of the world. Welcome to part two of this edition of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Beerman today. 
and I have quite a few topics, and I'm getting through them. Pretty much, I'm getting this. I'm getting. I'm getting my point across anyway. I do believe. Now I want to talk about the war in Ukraine and Russia, and the NATO summit. There's lots of things that have happened. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of that puppet Zelensky as he was wandering around the people at the recent NATO summit, but there's several pictures of him that he's obviously just like a lost dog. He's just a fish out of water, and you could tell that the people that were at that event they really dismiss him. They know he's nothing but a puppet, and there's lots of memes going around. And one. Meme. Someone has photoshopped that picture that him, of him at that little get together, and they put a mop bucket at his feet and a mop in his hand, and that's what he looks like. He looked like the janitor, and if you notice that every time Zelensky goes anywhere, he's always dressed the same. Now, why is that? Is it because he's this big military leader? He has to look like he's. Kind of a soldier? Is that what he's trying to do? Well, it's not him that's doing it. I've been in show business for 50 years. I've worked on image control and damage control for artists. I've done many things in the entertainment business, and I understand what I'm seeing when I'm looking at Zelensky. He has some sort of a PR firm that has crafted an image for him. That is the look that they gave him. I would imagine that Zelensky would like to dress nice, like everyone else that was at this event. But nope, they had him in the same old, same old, walking around with his army boots on. And it's a known fact that the man is a draft dodger. So they're trying to paint him out as this great military tactician. But in reality, he's not calling the shots at all. It's someone in the Pentagon, or someone in Berlin, or in NATO, or all of the above, that are calling all the shots. In the hours before Russia invaded, Russia gave Zelensky an ultimatum. He had five hours to give Russia an answer about them following the Minsk agreements, and so Zelensky called the United States and also the United Kingdom to get advice from. The prime minister and our president, and the advice was, ignore it, don't get back to him. And that's what Zelensky did. So don't tell me he's not a puppet, and you can't tell me that he does not have a carefully crafted image, that some focus group somewhere, or some firm that specializes in branding and also artist representation. Because everything Zelensky does is controlled. I think the only time the real Zelensky has came out is when he was critical of NATO when they didn't just open the door and give him the red carpet and put him in as a member. And I think that's why the United States government and other governments in NATO were so angry at Zelensky. It wasn't what he said; it was the fact that he said something that was off script. Something that he was not supposed to say. In other words, Zelensky can't be himself. He's very much controlled, and the top Ukrainian general was complaining that 
he felt like his efforts were hampered by the United States not letting the Ukrainian army call their own shots, that it had to be okayed through Washington. So this is a war, and the Ukrainians are basically mercenaries fighting a war for the United States. And had everyone stayed out, I do believe that what would have happened is that Zelensky would have been forced to capitulate, and if he was isolated, he would have. His government would be gone, and he would be deposed. A government that was pro-Ukrainian people and also pro-Russia would be installed by Russia. And that's one thing I want to say real quick is that everyone points out that Russia invaded a sovereign country. Is Ukraine really a sovereign country if they're just a puppet state of the West? That's a real good question. Ukraine is a sovereign country, but they have not acted like a sovereign country, and they've not been allowed to operate as a sovereign country. And it's only handy to play that card. They're sovereign. They can't be invaded when Russia invades. But when the United States and other Western nations were behind the coup in 2014, and they were directly involved with paying off some of the rabble that caused that government to fall. And when the United States and other Western countries are doing their shenanigans in sovereign nations, you don't hear anyone say, well, the CIA can't be in there doing that because they're a sovereign country. But if Russia goes in and tries to stop it, well, they're wrong because Ukraine's sovereign. You can't have it two ways. And the way I see it, Ukraine hasn't been a sovereign country for a long time. That said, I wish Russia wasn't there. But they are there. But you have all of these politicians that are just pulling all the strings of Zelensky. And they're really pushing for this big war. And now Russia is going to respond. And I don't know what Russia is going to do and... Maybe they don't know what they're going to do yet. But Russia will respond. But getting back to my point that if no one had got involved, this war would have been over. I do believe that Ukraine would have lost the territories that voted to be out of Ukraine. And then they subsequently voted to join Russia. And they were accepted by the Russian parliament. Now, you may say, well, those elections were illegitimate. I've got to ask, what is your basis for saying that? I know that when Crimea voted to leave Ukraine, I know that was very heavily monitored. I believe the United Nations was involved. I know there were observers from all over the world. And it was overwhelming. It was well over 85% of the people voted to return to Russia. You might say, well, Crimea belongs to Ukraine. Only since 1954, and there was no referendum, the people that lived in Crimea had no choice. The premier of Russia, I believe it was Khrushchev, gave Crimea to Ukraine because Khrushchev was a Ukrainian. 
And the rumor was is that he liked to drink quite a bit and do lots of bold and rash things. And one day he decided to sign a paper, and he signed over Crimea to Ukraine. And the people of Crimea had no say. Well, finally, in 2014, the people in Crimea had a chance to leave Ukraine because they never really fit with Ukraine because they're ethnic Russians and they speak Russian. They've never been Ukrainian other than they were controlled by Ukraine since 1954. Well, they voted overwhelmingly to go back to Russia. And so they went back to where they were for hundreds of years. And the other breakaway republics are all full of ethnic Russians that speak Russian. They all have family in Russia. They're all basically Russians. And they did the same thing. They voted to leave Ukraine. Only this time, Ukraine said, no, you can't leave. And so instead of trying to convince the people to stay, the Ukrainian army was sent in to put down the rebellion, so to speak. And they started shelling villages. They did that for many years. And so had the United States and the rest stayed out of this, Zelensky would be gone. I do believe the breakaway republics and Crimea would be part of Russia. But the rest of Ukraine would still be Ukrainian, and it would be controlled by the Ukrainians. Now, like I say, I think Russia would install someone that was pro-Russia as president, just like we had our puppet installed. I think Russia would put their puppet in. But at least the people wouldn't be dying. But now that terrorism is being a major part of this war, and make no mistake, killing innocent civilians, just as they try to drive home or they're driving on a bridge or a roadway, that's terrorism. That's not an act of war against an army. That's terrorism against the population. Pure and simple. Now I believe Ukraine has no chance to stay a sovereign nation. And also, I don't think NATO and the rest of the people in the West, I don't think they care. Just as long as Ukraine does what they're meant to do, and that's to kill a lot of Russians and ruin a lot of Russian equipment and soften Russia up. And that way, NATO might decide to enter the fray when they think Russia has been weakened sufficiently. I have no respect for NATO whatsoever. They were formed to be a defensive organization, and they're not acting defensively at all. They're acting as an offensive organization. And also, their only purpose was to keep communism in check, and Russia is not communist. But my point is, is that we should have listened to George Washington when he cautioned all future leaders in this country do not get involved in foreign entanglements. George Washington was a very smart man, and George Washington was right. We need to keep our nose out of everyone's business. But we can't do that now because we're in too deep. But I think that eventually we, the people, are going to pay dearly for our blundering, absolute evil politicians that we have. The last thing I wanted to touch on is the NATO summit. That was embarrassing. It was embarrassing all the way around. 
China noticed how feckless and how absolute devoid of character and resolve that the Western leaders of NATO are. So did Africa. They saw the same thing. So did South America. The whole world got to witness a bunch of megalomaniacs who are self-important, who are elitists, that want to control the world. NATO was part of that organization of elitists. And the world saw just how weak these people are and how arrogant they are. They like to get together and take group photos and say, see how many members we have? We're unified. No, they're not. There are so many cracks in NATO that if anyone pushed on NATO hard enough, NATO would just crumble. And I think that Russia knows that, and I think China knows that, and now I think the rest of the world knows it. And I said on my show that I think that we were witnessing the first death pang of NATO with this summit. And I still feel that way. I think that NATO is going to go away sooner than later. I don't know how many years or decades it's going to take, but NATO cannot survive. They bit off more than they can chew. They thought that they could outbluff Russia, and they thought that they could get the Ukrainians to outfight Russia. And something that was very interesting that several talk show hosts have picked up on this, and I did immediately, is that for many years, NATO was training Ukrainian troops, and they were certified NATO-ready. They had been trained up to NATO's standards. And that was the army that Ukraine put up against the breakaway republics that was killing civilians were NATO certified trained. Russia has annihilated that army. Ukraine's on, I think, army number three. That many Ukrainians have died. But now we have NATO saying that, well, if they only had a few years to train Ukraine's army to get them up to our standards. When I heard that line, I'm like, what is he talking about? Several years ago, they said Ukraine had the largest army, the largest standing army in Europe, and was certified NATO trained, ready to go. I think that shows you that NATO's training isn't that good. And we better hope that we don't get in a war with Russia, because Russia is on a wartime footing. There's lots of people saying, yeah, Russia's lost half their tanks, and they've lost a lot of their equipment, and yeah, it's been a tough go for them. They've lost a lot of equipment. But we're not living in a zero-sum world. They may have lost several thousand tanks, but guess what? They've been manufacturing on a wartime footing for almost a year now. And they have many companies that are devoting their entire output to making the weapons of war. And there's no way we could match the production of Russia simply because we don't have the plants. We'd have to design the plant and build the plant, and then we'd have to train the people, and it would take us several years to gear up. And in this new world we live in where communication is instantaneous and everything is moving at a fast pace, you don't have a couple years to build factories, especially when you have an adversary that can reach anything that we would build and simply blow it up. If we get into a full-blown war with Russia, 
and we set up a factory to make artillery and tanks, I would imagine that about once a month it would be bombed with a hypersonic missile that we can't stop. So we don't live in the World War II world, but Russia is already geared up, and they're already replacing what they've lost. But they're not replacing it with old, outdated equipment. They're replacing the old, outdated equipment that has been blown up with their new state-of-the-art best weapons that they have. They're top-of-the-line things. So while they may not have the numbers they had, the quality is definitely higher all the way across the board, and they're gaining the numbers. I know that there are websites and also news agencies that are so pro-Ukraine that any time a Ukrainian kills a Russian, they act like the entire Russian army has been destroyed and that Ukraine is about ready to march into Moscow and arrest Vladimir Putin for war crimes. Well, these people are delusional because Russia is not going to allow that to happen. I've noticed something over the last two months. And it's anecdotal, I know. But all the way through the center of the United States, you see pickup trucks that are flying maybe a Marine flag, maybe an American flag. Sometimes I'm seeing an American flag and the state that I'm in, the state flag. And a lot of people would say, yeah, well, they're a bunch of rednecks with their pickups flying their flags. Well, that may or may not be, but... Patriotism among a lot of Americans is very high, and a lot of people like to show the colors, and they do. But I've never seen Russians do that until the last month or so. There are many Russian vehicles now doing the same thing. They're flying their country's flag. Some of them have pickup trucks, some of them are cars. And so I guess it's Russian rednecks, I don't know. But patriotism in Russia is probably at an all-time high. And the United States keeps stirring up the hornet's nest. And our hapless, incompetent people in Washington, they really need to be held accountable for what's going to happen. I do realize that not a whole lot has happened that is going to affect us, we think. But there's so many things happening behind closed doors. It seems that Russia is going to stop all of the grain shipments and all other commercial traffic because of the Crimea Bridge incident. And while people are saying Russia's awful because that grain is going to Africa, the truth is, is that less than half of the grain went to Africa. Europe could pay more, so most of it went to Europe. And also, according to Russia, Ukraine was smuggling weapons and other things into grain ships. And it would not surprise me if both of them are doing the same thing. Not at all. And so that is going to affect you because the prices of grain worldwide are going to go up. So the cost of a loaf of bread and a package of tortillas or whatever you like to buy is going to go up because the price of wheat is going to go up simple supply and demand. And the way Russia has been cozying up to Africa and vice versa, I would be willing to bet that Russia is going to make sure that Africa gets plenty of grain.
And so food prices are going to go up all over the world. But I think how it's really going to affect us the most is that the United States dollar is bound to fall and fall faster and harder because of us getting entangled in foreign affairs. And I think when these countries have a chance to stick the knife into us, they're going to twist it. And that's going to cause a lot of damage. And I don't see an awful lot of compassion or mercy shown to the United States by other countries that four years have had to suffer for sanctions and all sorts of things by the United States government. Now, I do believe that the first quarter of this century is going to go down in history as us having the most corrupt, the most incompetent, and the most evil people in government we've ever had. And I think it's worldwide. I don't think it's just the United States. Everywhere you look is pure evil. And when the dollar does collapse, it's going to collapse harder and be more evil and ugly than you can possibly imagine because of the actions of those in Washington. doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican. makes no difference. Anybody that thinks that things are going to be solved through the ballot box and by choosing the right party is in denial. Again, watch Mike Pence. He's a typical Washington swamp creature. doesn't matter if there's a D or an I or an R after their name. They're all cut out of the same cloth, and they're all controlled by the same deep state. It's my prayer that the world leaders will have a change of heart and will really take a good close look at what they're doing. But I do have a feeling that depopulating the world is their main goal. Maybe they haven't stated it publicly to us, but Kamala Harris did, and so did Bill Gates. It's starting to come out. But I think all of these people, worldwide, all of these leaders, I think that they've decided behind closed doors that they have to kill off a lot of people. And these satanic people want to preside over it and cause it to happen. So we need to come against these people in prayer and also in action and deed. I'm not talking violence. I'm not talking about anything of the sort. But I am talking about opposing them by not supporting them, not going along with it. We need to start questioning these people, just like Tucker Carlson questioned all of these people in Iowa, especially Mike Pence. They all need to be treated that way. They all need to be questioned that way. There is one thing that we the people can do, and that's expose these people. I know that we have a lot of brainwashed people in our midst, but if we can keep exposing the evil as to really what it is, we may wake a few more people up. And that's my hope. I really do appreciate you tuning in today, and I appreciate Bob Bierman allowing me to come to his great audience. And I would ask that you support this ministry, because I think this ministry is very worthwhile. And you can support this ministry by going to the website, which is truth2ponder.com, and clicking on the tab that says support, and then it'll take you to the Give, Send, Go site, where you can donate to this ministry. But if you would like to do it old school, 
You'd send a check or money order. You'd write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail the check to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia. The zip code is 24319. I know that every episode, both me and Bob talk about donating to this ministry. And I think it's really important that you do consider it because the world is getting stranger by the day. And it seems like we all have to gather our forces in the best way we possibly can. And I do believe that we're in the middle of an information war and programs like Truth to Ponder, I think are vital to get truth out to the people. Because during all of my research, I've come to the conclusion that not very many things that we're being told are true. I think that we're being played like an accordion. And I think that supporting ministries such as Truth to Ponder is extremely worthwhile. And we all have to put some skin in the game. Bob Behrman does his best to inform and enlighten and also to spread the good news of the gospel. And I do my best to try to do the same. But we can't sit back and just let other people fight this fight. I've come to the conclusion that our enemy, which is Satan, and his minions, are extremely well-funded, they're extremely well-organized, and they have all their talking points down And also, they're using this psychological operation to do everything they can to try to disrupt our lives and to try to make us feel helpless and hopeless. And it's ministries like Truth to Ponder that try to spread hope, try to spread truth. And to all of those who have donated to Truth to Ponder, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for keeping this ministry on the air. And as the world slips into more chaos and darkness, you can count on Truth to Ponder and Bob Bierman and myself to do our best to inform and stand up for all of you. And I want to say God bless all the listeners. I do appreciate you listening. And God bless all who support Truth to Ponder. Once again, I really appreciate you tuning in today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone... Be strong, be aware, be kind and loving, but also be firm. Be firm in your resolve. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.